Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's our goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine and Rebecca, aka Becky Eason. Welcome back, Becky. Hey, it's good to be back. We are heading into a busy back to school season. I cannot believe that we're talking about that. It seems like this year is just flown by. And by the time this podcast is being released, some of the kids are probably already back at school, back to college, all that kind of stuff is going on. And uh, it seems like we were just starting to talk about them getting out of school (laughs) and heading into summer break. So it's been a a quick summer, I think. Anything exciting or um, anything that's going on, uh, you know, with regards that you've heard from clients, anything around back to school or back to college? or anything like that? Just the typical, you know, um, nerves of, you know, kids starting school for the first time yeah. or sending your kids off to college for the first time, which, you know, can be a huge transition. It is a huge transition. <laughs> and before we dive into that particular topic of how you might actually fund some of that, um, when we're recording this podcast, it's in July. It's I'm literally heading out on our vacation to Oregon with lots of good wine tips I'll have when I come back. But right now, I'm I'm reserving that. Any good beverages that you are drinking this summer that would cool your palate in the in the heat of it as we're recording, or any good fall drinks that you have? Yeah, nothing to me beats a nice coffee. Mm. Are you a flavored coffee? Yeah. My favorite is vanilla. Vanilla. Okay. And do you like the vanilla flavored coffee or you like all the yummy creamer that goes in it? The creamer and the syrup. (laughs) All the good stuff for you. (laughs) We all have our vices. You don't drink much at the office though. You must drink it before you get there and that's it, huh? Yeah. I try to limit the intake. (laughs) <laughs> You're smart. Unlike the rest of us are laying in bed at night, like, whoa, we shouldn't have had that extra cup of coffee. You're sleeping soundly, hopefully. Well, I know one of the things that we wanted to talk about today, um, particularly around grandparents helping with college costs through 529 and other savings plans, that seems to be a topic that comes up a lot, even for our clients that are you know, still working and, and their children are going off to school. We're hearing more and more that grandparents want to help fund education, um, either through 529 or other savings options. So 
thought it would be good for us to talk a little bit about that. And it might not even be just college. It could be daycare. It could be pre-K. It could be um, private school or anything like that. But not all states have the same rules around, you know, how you can use 529s for those K through 12 expenses. There's different states have different rules, but there are You can use those 529s in some states for those kinds of costs. So I thought it'd be good for us to dig in just a little bit, maybe give some ideas to the listeners on, especially if they are grandparents, um, on ways that they can help out with such a large cost um, that, that, you know, a lot of our our clients encourage. It's one of the largest investments that is made in next to most, most people's homes. So if you think about the cost of education over the course of a child's elementary and primary school education and then add on college, you're talking a couple hundred thousand dollars most of the time. So any thoughts that you have around that particular topic that you wanted to share? Yeah, I think it's, you know, awesome when grandparents are able to help fund a college expense. Um, You know, as you mentioned, it's very costly. Mm -hmm. And we live in a society where, um, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on going to college. And also at the same time, while kids are young, we live in a time when it's not uncommon for grandparents to over gift like physical gifts mm-hmm. to the point where kids may not use them. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you can help your kid or grandchild later on in life by saving in a 529 plan, that may be one of the most beneficial gifts that you could give. Mm-hmm. Well, how early can somebody actually fund a 529? Yeah, so, I mean, really, you can start at any time. Um, you know, you could start right at birth if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And you could put it in your name or, you know, if your um, grandchild's parent, so most likely your um, child or in-law, um, if they had a 529 plan open, you could contribute to theirs or... Um, I mean, you could, like the grandchild could also be the account owner. However, Mm -hmm. that's not something that we generally see. Yeah, that's pretty rare to have them be the account holder, right? I mean, it's, I mean, technically, I suppose if the grandparents wanted to, they could start, I mean, you want to be careful because you don't want to assume that your children are going to have children. (laughs) But if it's a known thing, technically, the grandparent could open the account for themselves, right? So they could be the owner and the beneficiary. And then when the grandchild was born, they could actually fund or they could change the beneficiary to the grandchild. I mean, not, I guess, you know, answer my question about how soon can you open one? But it is nice to not have to go through that extra legwork. So it, as long as you have some, can get some basic information from the parents, um, then you could, as soon as they have a social security number, you could technically fund the accounts, right? Yeah. And you make a great point that um, you can always change the beneficiary. So, you know, if you did want to open it beforehand, like you do have that option or you can change it down the road if your grandchild doesn't end up going to school. So if we think about, I always think about that term, it takes a village. It's just, I know some people probably are rolling their eyes right now, but think about the, what the average cost of college education is for somebody right now, like born today. You're probably looking in future dollars, depending on the college, of course, and you know what kind of scholarships they get. But say three hundred to three hundred fifty thousand dollars in today's dollars. Well, I shouldn't say in today's dollars, but just say that the average. Let's say the average cost of college is thirty thousand dollars for a year. Well, just a, a four-year degree. 
um, is going to cost, again, just thinking about it in today's dollars, it's going to cost you $120,000 today. So if it's costing you 30000 times four years, you're 120000 today. So looking out 20 years from now, you know, you're probably looking at three hundred to $350,000 that you're going to have to fund if the cost is truly 30000 So most people, that that's really hard to save for, <laughs> especially if you're paying off student loans yourself. Especially if you're trying to buy a house, you're changing jobs, you're buying cars, you're paying for the ongoing cost of kids, you know, just in general. So the more, I guess, the people that can save or help you save for it, the better off you'll be in the long run. Um, is there benefits to having the 529 plan in the grandparents' name? Yeah. So um, the biggest benefit is if you strategize and if you wait to actually have your grandchild use that money until their last two years of college, then there's a benefit because it wouldn't count in a um, student's financial aid. Um, well, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. <laughs> but again, you want to be very careful about you know not dipping into that money beforehand if you have other options. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other ways that grandparents can save for other than 529? And by the way, are there any downsides to grandparents saving in 529 plans? Um, No. One of the downsides is that if that grandchild doesn't go to college, like, yes, you can change beneficiaries or you can take the money out and you would incur a 10% penalty on the earnings. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, maybe that grandchild may feel like you're they're not going to actually get that gift or that money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a potential downside. Yeah. And I think one thing you could always do in that situation is change the owner, you know, so you could change the owner to the grandchild. They could turn around if they didn't want to use it for qualified educational expenses, they could turn around and cash it out for non-qualified. They would at least be the ones paying the tax on it. They'd get it, but they would be the one paying the tax on it. And maybe they'd just hang on to the account for a while. Maybe they'll go to college later, or maybe they'll utilize it for trade school. Some of the changes that have happened with 529 plans have been very helpful from that perspective. So, um, you know, it's not always the, the one thing that I often, you know, encourage grandparents to do is name a successor um, owner. So if something should happen to them prior to the kids going off, grandkids going off to college, there's somebody else who can step in. And often it's like if it's grandfather that's doing it, you have a grandmother be the successor. And then you might even want a third successor that's like the parents or something like that. Are there other ways that grandparents might be able to help? or save for the cost of education? Yeah, so, um, you know, 529 plans are one of the most common for education, but you could also open um, savings accounts mm-hmm. or you could purchase um, saving bonds. Mm. Like right now, there's a lot of talk about the um, inflation savings bonds because mm-hmm. of how high inflation is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's one option. There's some tricks to that, right? I mean, there's some tricks to keeping that money tax-free for education purposes for savings bonds. So you'll you'll want to dig into that a little bit to know how to do that properly um, to make sure that because everybody thinks, so savings bonds, if you use them for education, they're tax-free, but there's they're only tax-free under certain circumstances. So you'll want to want to dig into that before you, you know, make that commitment. We also talk to people sometimes about brokerage accounts, right? Just traditional brokerage accounts. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, those are another great option. Um, you can even do a custodial brokerage account. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way of allowing your grandchild to be interactive with the investments and not only save for their education, but in the meantime, teach them mm-hmm. you know, the impact of compounding interest and you know making recurring contributions. And patience with the markets when they correct. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Showing them those cycles of, of up and down cycles when they're young, younger so that as they get older, they understand that's what the markets often do. And if they are willing to be patient and wait it out, the, historically, markets have come back. <laughs> Are there downsides to the custodial accounts? Um, downside is that, you know, it's in both of your names. So, you know, they may not have complete control mm-hmm. over the account, but at the same time, that can be a great thing. Mm-hmm. I think, too, is that if, if depending on how the brokerage account is open, it could be viewed as the child's asset instead of the grandparents' assets, potentially, and they would count more in financial aid. Um, then, you know, like if it was, if, if it's a grandparent's asset, it doesn't count at all. If it's a child's asset, then it does count as an asset that needs to be utilized. But th- that's, it could also be used before then, right? It could also be used for um, college applications. It could be, as long as it's used for the benefit of the child as a custodial account. And if it's not used at all, it gets passed to them without, you know, just, it becomes their account eventually, usually at age 21. What are some of the other things that grandparents can do to help pay for education expenses? Anything off the top of your head? Um, another option is a custodial Roth IRA. Oh, yeah. So we're big fans of Roth IRAs. And, you know, if you have a grandchild who's working, a great way to save for them is um, to contribute to that Roth IRA. And, you know, even if you create some kind of incentive, like you match what they earn. Mm-hmm. So say your grandchild earns um, $1,000 over the course of the year, you know, and they contribute $500, then you could contribute $500 because you aren't exceeding the amount that they've contributed or that they've earned. That's a great, I love the matching idea because that then gets them ready too for when they are starting to seek employment. And it's just, it's like, okay, I understand how this match works. And with regards to Roth accounts, because they're retirement accounts, they don't count in the financial aid calculation. They still get the benefit of seeing how stocks and bonds and different things like that go up. And they can get to the principal, just not the earnings without penalty and taxes. Maybe you're onto something there, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then if they don't need the money for college, then they have a great start to the retirement account before yeah. they even really entered you know, the the working field. Yeah. 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 That's a great idea. Um, They could also do a traditional IRA, but in most cases we find that they don't need the tax deduction. And that's why we're kind of leaning on the Roth IRA side of things. Uh, Remind the listeners what the the limits are to Roth IRA contributions. Yeah. So um, for 2022, the maximum that you can contribute is $6,000. Now that does go across all IRAs. So if you contribute to a traditional and a Roth for whatever reason, then the most that you can contribute combined is $6,000 or um, the amount that you actually earned. So if you only earn 3,000, that's the maximum that you can do. But still, if somebody has a summer job and they earn three or and maybe a part-time job, you know, while they're 
in school, I mean, that's possible to earn at least that much. So, you know, if, if grandparents are looking to put some money away and they're saying, well, well, for lack of a better term, match what you earn. If you save, say a thousand, we'll give you a thousand. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it absolutely is. So kind of circling back around, um, the reason that we wanted to talk about this this month, it was particularly because we're thinking back to school um, it's sort of the theme of the month for lack of a better term. And we really wanted to talk about grandparents helping out with college costs through 529s and other savings vehicles or savings plans. Is there anything else that we should, or any tips that we should give to grandparents as they're thinking about investing this way? Yeah. Um, if you can have conversations with your grandchildren about money, mm-hmm. money can be a very touchy subject for many people. There's a lot of emotion behind it. But if you can explain to your grandkids now maybe what you're doing and why you're saving for them, then they may even be more appreciative of that money later on. Yeah. How would you encourage people to talk to their grandkids without the grandkids sort of like rolling their eyes at the situation? <laughs> yeah, um, I, it really depends like on the individual. You know, you know mm. your grandchildren, but you now speaking from um, my personal life, I remember um, winning some money. It was a small amount, 50 bucks. And the first thing my grandpa said to me, and he happened to be there with me when I won it, hmm. he goes, we should go down tomorrow to the bank and buy a savings bond. And then he explained why. Hmm. And I, you know, to this day, I continuously think about that first money lesson that mm-hmm. he shared with me. Yeah. Um, and he what said a it gift. in a very open way as to, you know, you can do it if you want, but you don't have to. But here's why you should or why you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, so hearing you say that you won something, and I'm sure it wasn't a raffle or something like that. It would have been a competition that you were part of, right? Yep. <laughs> I know Becky does not gamble money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thinking just about it from an idea of you might want to consider this, you know, here's the reasons why, the pros and the cons. Do you recall like the one thing that he said to you that was like, hmm, I kind of like that idea. Yeah, so he explained that, you know, if I went down and purchased a $50 savings bond, that eventually, or if I put $50 into one, eventually it'd be $100. Ooh. And so he was explaining, like, you know, really the compounding interest mm-hmm. or doubling. Um, and he did talk about how long it would take. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the time, I wasn't used to having cash. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what's the difference if I don't have it? What a great, so he kind of talked about the fact that basically savings bonds kind of double in face value, right? So if you spend $25, you get $50 ultimately. It does take some time to grow, but and depending on when you won that and when interest rates are, that, that really makes a difference too. Um, and, you know, like right now, savings bonds have a really decent interest rate associated with them. Uh, so it's it's a great time to be thinking about stuff like that. Any other final tips that you would suggest to people if they're, you know, thinking about even what about what about parents talking to grandparents about gifting in that manner? Is there a, a good way to bring that up to the grandparents, do you think? Yeah. I think being honest and expressing like, you know, if your kids want something for a holiday or like a good report card or something. Mm-hmm. Um, being honest with the grandparents about why a gift, you know, may not be as beneficial as the 529. Like maybe they already have a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I, I don't know, you know, I've been a big one. So I'm such a boring gift giver when it comes to stuff like that. But for a lot of people, when they have their like baby showers or when their children are born, I will often send them a, if I know they already have a 529, I'll just send them like, or most of the time they don't, I'll send them an application <laughs> for a 529 plan with a check <laughs> to get the account open. <laughs> Because I know that, you know, sometimes just opening the account is the biggest step. Um, and, you know, I just, for me, I, because I don't understand a lot of the stuff that's out there anymore, and I don't really know how it's used or where it's beneficial. I just have always been one to kind of do that as a gift um, for people when they, when they've either had a, a new child or having their first child. Um, and I know that there's ways that you can actually like, add to that in the future, if you want grandparents to do that sort of thing, when they're real little, they don't know if they're getting a gift or not. I mean, real little, the first couple of years, they don't know that. And I think that's when the money is most impactful because it does have the power to grow. So maybe having a conversation with, if you're going to be a new parent, having a conversation with your parents about how thankful you are for anything that they want to do for you, but your kids will be really thankful for it in 18 years <laughs> if you've contributed for three or four years before they're old enough to, to know. And I, one of the best ways to do that is just through like a monthly contribution, in my opinion. 25 bucks a month to a 529 plan doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it's amazing how much it can grow to be. I've been doing that for my nieces and nephews for years. And when I look at their account balances right now, it's not going to pay for their entire education, but it's probably going to pay for at least one semester, which, hey, that's something, right? Yeah, that's awesome. That's what a gift. I mean, I did just when they were little and I'm like, I don't know what to get a two-year-old. So like, <laughs> I don't know what to get a baby, you know, other than they have lots of like clothes and diapers and stuff like that. What do they actually need besides the big stuff? So that was kind of my way of doing it. And I think a lot of grandparents probably think the same way. Well, Becky, thank you so much for sharing your ideas and thoughts with the listeners on, um, you know, this particular topic. We hope that everybody listening today found this helpful. We hope the tips that we shared with you are helpful. As always, if you have any questions that you'd like answered, please feel free to send us an email info at rootedpg.com. And we'll be sure to put those questions to the test um, in future podcasts or asking for a friend blog. Also, if you have just a moment and can hop on over to iTunes and rate the show, the more people that rate the show, the further up the realm that we get and people can find us and we can, um, you know, make sure that we're getting this information out there to as many people as possible. Thanks everyone. And we hope that your back to school experience is as fun as your kids back to school experience or more fun, maybe. <laughs> hope y'all have a wonderful fall season. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.